In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B. And today, after taking about three months off, y'all, maybe a little bit more, uh, I'm ready to jump back in this thing with a third season of Fred Talks. Can y'all believe we're already here in the third season? Listen, I want to share some thoughts that will hopefully allow us to see a possible silver lining in the midst of all the individual and collective grief that we all may be feeling as we come to grips with COVID-19 and all of its implications. Of course, we're going to get right into it after the ground rules. But before I segue into that, please, I want to also clarify my intentions. I'm not trying to belittle or dismiss any real pain or any perceived pain, any fear or perceived threat that any listener is experiencing right now. All of you uh, have my sincere condolences for whatever you may have lost during this time, whether it be a loved one, uh, whether it be your employment uh, permanently or temporarily, whatever the case may be, uh, just even if it's a sense of stability and normalcy, all of us, uh, that's the common ground we share. This has been uh, intrusive. This has been um, pervasive. This has been disruptive to our normal routine uh, and it may have knocked us off our square, maybe have knocked up, knocked us off of our equilibrium and it's probably taken a moment to get your stride again that's okay so i'm going to say some things in this episode trying to inspire hope so it's important that you hear what i'm saying and where i'm coming from and have an understanding of what i'm not trying to trying to say or what i'm not trying to do uh so that, you know, you don't come for me and then we got to deal with that. <laughs> now, now that we're clear, let me give you the official ground rules and then we'll get right into it, y'all. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us. Unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. All right, you know how we do. I always want to give you the backstory, let you know what kind of inspired the episode, what thoughts were going on as I grabbed the pen and jotted some thoughts down. So uh, to quote Short Dog on Ho's classic, listen. It was all good just a week ago, maybe a few weeks ago. Uh, not too long ago, there was this euphoric vibe washing over all of us as the chill from the cooler months began to defrost. And we were getting ready to embrace spring. We were looking forward to it. Finally, su sunnier days, you know, going to the park, all those things, all those perennial 
um, activities that we would look forward to, right? Uh, the stock market was booming. And if you're an options trader or a Forex trader or any type of trader like myself, you could essentially go longer in just about any position and snatch a bag out of the market because so many companies were hitting all time highs. You know, uh, we were eating right. Finally, we were we were getting rid of the damage done from all the holiday festivities. You know, we were we were indulging quite a bit. You know, what I mean, for, for Thanksgiving, uh, you know, we had the uh, Valentine's Day uh, indulgence. You know, we had the candy from Halloween. I mean, we had a, a season there Well, we may have um, we may have not wanted to look at the scale readily. You know, we may not have gotten out, gotten on the scale with alacrity. It may have taken us a minute, right? We had to brace ourselves, but we were finally getting there. Prom and grad night plans were solidified for seniors. You know, they probably already got the tux. You know, guys probably mustered up the courage to ask the young lady, you know, to go to the prom. All these different things. Families were purchasing tickets to come out and participate and witness the event. Summer vacations and wedding deposits were secured. Seniors, oh my goodness, were looking forward to walking for the graduation after grinding and, and, and putting in the work, you know, we're ready to celebrate, um, uh, you know, uh, this, this huge milestone in their life. And because it takes a few weeks to create and solidify habits, some of us were just beginning to get some real traction. You know, we set the goals towards the end of last year. You know, we, 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 we concretized it. It became cemented, um, um, what, you know, New Year's, what our New Year's resolutions, we, we were committed and uh, it takes a while. And finally we were getting there and then coronavirus hit, you know, and with coronavirus comes a whole gamut of emotions and experiences. And with those emotions and experiences also came some wild swings, deluge of misinformation, influx of uh, innovation and creativity and a whole host of things. So, you know, on this episode, I just want to talk about it a little bit. All right, look, I want to say this up front. Please uh, just hear me out on this next uh, this next segment. All right. I'm going to get a little uh, biblical here uh, point, because every time you have something of this scale, COVID-19. People, people, uh, people are so excited and they're so in, in, enthused, enthused about the opportunity to connect this with some t- something that they saw in, in scripture. It's almost like they're wagging their finger talking about, I told you, you know, this is their opportunity to say I was right. Or this is their opportunity to, uh, to, um, pat themselves on the back and say, I'm in and you're out. So they kind of assert, uh, whatever type of, um, estimation of their position they have, they kind of, uh, uh, what is that? They, they, they kind of lower that over you if, if you will. But I want to, I want to, I think that's irresponsible. I think when you have something like COVID-19, uh, standing up, staring us in the face is really irresponsible of, of, of people, especially who, who, um, have as a key characteristic, our key trait, key identifier, love is supposed to be their key characteristic. I think it's really irresponsible for, for them to do the fear mongering at such a time like this. It's really insensitive. Some people don't know any better. Some people are just going with um, misteachings that they may have had. So I just kind of want to speak to that. You don't have to agree with what I'm about to say, but I would encourage you to just check it out, um, you know, and, and see for yourself, you know, be willing to question your answers, especially if they were borrowed answers that you passively received. Be willing to, to look again, just to, you know, to reconsider. So here it is. This is the end of an era, but it's not, it is not, it is not the end of the world. Not even close. Uh, at this juncture, I'd venture to say we are effectively at the end 
of an age. I'm borrowing a little bit from ancient or biblical vernacular because Bible readers will recognize that term end of an age, right? Uh, this is a reference coming out of Matthew chapter 24. Now, the unfortunate thing about us being in the information age is that while information is abundant and it's, uh, pervasive, you know, uh, ubiquitous, uh, a click away, so is misinformation. In fact, maybe misinformation is more easily accessible, unfortunately, right? And then you got to dig and you got to have media literacy uh, to to be able to discern or ascertain what is the truth. Uh, and, you know, I've been duped myself. So this is not me throwing shade at somebody else. I, you know, I've, I've published and posted uh, outdated articles or articles that were a little bit of a stretch, articles that were reaching. And um, I've been caught, held accountable for it. And we just got to do better, man. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just not a good look. Additionally, here we are dab smack in the information age and people are still citing this, this phrase, end of the age and connecting it to modern calamities and pandemics. And it's like, you know, you got to give a huge side. Out. Like who, who, who raised you fam? You know, who, who's your mentors? Who's your leaders? <laughs> what institute uh, um, gave you credentials? <laughs> Where'd you get your credits from, bro? You know, run your papers. Cause we got to do better than this. You know, before you accuse me of blasphemy and not taking the text serious, consider that I may be actually looking at the text in its context rather than just inserting my westernized, Americanized uh, uh, perspective into this Jewish text. It's not even an American text. And it was written over 2000 years ago, fam. You know, you got to admit that it takes some type of uh, audacity for me to think I can just read it and take it at face value instead of thinking I got to uh, employ some um, uh, language tools to really extract the true meaning. You understand how fluid just our modern language is. I mean, just from one generation to the next, but from my child, my children's generation, my seven and eight year old to mine, words take on different meanings. To say something was gay meant something else before. To say something's fresh, something's cool, something's bad. All those things have different connotations. So you can't just read it at face value and think you know. You got to understand what did it mean to the people of that era and then go with that. You cannot just impute your own definition and, and, and make up stuff and act like it's sound. We can't do that, fam. That's, that's irresponsible, right? And, and, and in a proper context, if you read Matthew chapter three and 24 together, and you got to read them together because it's really a seamless writing, you know, back in the day, they didn't have the chapter divisions, right? You'll see that Matthew chapter 24, specifically 35 and 36, uh, you'll find that this message was given to a specific audience. Wasn't talking to us, fam. Uh, and, and would have been witnessed by a specific generation. Look, no, you ain't got to take my word from it. Go check the book. And that specific generation, here's a hint. <laughs> it ain't you and I, fam. <laughs> that means this has happened already. Now, this is me trying to inspire hope. This is me trying to give you good news if you'll receive it. So, it, you know, if we pretend that this was written to us, you and I, then it begs the question, what was the urgency of this or the relevance of this message? If this was going to happen over 2000 years after the, that current generation died. Why even talk to them about something that's going to happen 2000 years? That's a waste of breath and time. Right. Um, <laughs> like, why did they need to hear it? And then you got to think about how do we reconcile uh, the context clues? Like 
you know, if you read that, it says, and so upon you. That ain't talking about us. That's our arrogance, y'all. Or that's our laziness to just say, oh, that's talking about me. Face value, not digging deeper. So upon you will come all the righteous blood. So he's he's pronouncing or he's at least advising of the uh, judgment that is coming. But it's coming upon them and he's warning them. Truly, I tell you, talking to them, all this will come upon this generation. Now, fam, I told you I grew up in the church. Um, and look, I have seen all the mental gymnastics to still try to make this apply. Y'all, look. Look, folks been talking about we've been in the last days <laughs> forever, <laughs> right? I mean, look, Paul said they were in the last days. Peter said they were in the last days. Timothy, all these folks, either they were all wrong <laughs> or, or something ain't adding up. Something ain't adding up, fam. Look, check this out. Uh, in Matthew 24, um, you know, the disciples asked three questions. You know, when shall these things, the things that he just mentioned previously in chapter 23, happen? He's talking about uh, the destruction of the temple, which occurred in AD 70. Now, this is a historical fact. Whether you subscribe to the Bible or not, these are just facts. You can have your own opinion. You just can't have your own facts, man. So what will be a sign of your coming was the other question. Now, the disciples were still shocked. You got to catch this. They were still shocked. When I say disciples, excuse me, I don't want to take for granted. You know, if you're unchurched, I get it. The disciples are just the people he was mentoring, the people that rode with Jesus. There was 12 people he were grooming to kind of continue his legacy as the story goes. Right. So um, the disciples or the, dis- the people that were under his tutelage, disciples, disciplined, the people that were disciplined according to his teachings and lifestyle and his philosophy were still shocked that Jesus just ethered these religious leaders of the day. He just, he went ham, right? Flat-footed, calling them out on a BS. And, and, and so obviously the disciples are asking them like, hey, break that down for us again though. Like, like run that back. You know, they're having a private intimate conversation and listen, they're not jumping from what just happened. Jesus ethering them, ethering these leaders all the way now to Tell us about the end of the world and this sec- and this rapture and all these different things. Come on, fam. That's reaching. Who in their right mind? Come on. That's that's not the natural progression of conversations, right? Like we don't just jump from what just happened to going all the way to Z. So tell us about the end of the world, right? So Jesus answers though. Uh, about the sign of his coming by using idiomatic language, prophetic language that his audience was already familiar with, because that's what communicators do. Right. That's why he was known as using, uh, you know, the chief parabolic teacher. He's always using parables because he's trying to relate in a language and a story using metaphors and things that they're already used to. Right. Um, and so he answers using language they're accustomed to. Uh, and in Matthew 24 and 30, he talks about coming on clouds, not a literal cloud, fam, which harkens back to verses like Isaiah 19 and 1, Psalm 18 and 9, Joel 2 and 2, uh, Zephaniah 1, 14 through 15. I'm just saying this in case you want to fact check me. Uh, he's referring to impending judgment. Again, he's talking about like, yo, this temple about to come down. Th- th- look, th- 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 Look, the, the spot about to be uh, under siege. I'm just trying to warn y'all, you know, you got to change some things up. He, he's trying to tell them there's coming an end of an age. Right. Um, and he's talking about the destruction of the temple, which already happened in, in, Jerusalem, in Jerusalem in AD 70. They said also, what will be a sign of the end of the world? 
Now, the King James Version, unfortunately, botched this up, y'all. And now we got Bible thumbers using this passage to declare that we are right now in the end of the world. You got, y'all got to chill out because that was about the end of an age, not the end of a literal world. Right. Or the, you could say the end of an era. And here we are, I believe, at the end of an era that we all have grown accustomed to ourselves. But as the story goes, Jesus was born under the law. So that was a dispensation. That was an era. Uh, sometimes people use the law, uh, which refers to the Mosaic law, the law that was ushered in by Moses. So you could say the Mosaic covenant. So that was an arrangement at that time. And that arrangement was now coming to an end. So Jesus was born, you could say under the law, or he was born during the time where the law was the governing uh, contract, if you will, or the governing covenant. He had to be born during that time so that he could fulfill it. Because if he's born after that time, it's not even applicable. Right. So it's like, I got to be born here during this time while I got all these rules and ceremonial washings and things like that so that I could walk it out and fulfill it so that um, it's no longer placing a demand. The demand has already been fulfilled, if you will. OK, um, for lack of a better way. So so he, he, he comes during that dispensation or during that time for the purpose of fulfilling one. And now that that's fulfilled, now that it has no more demands, I can usher in. He's saying he's postured to usher in a new and better covenant, uh, which is why that writer of Hebrews, if you go to Hebrews 8, 8 and 13, called the old covenant obsolete. Now, got to think about this in the time of antiquity. They're writing this and they're calling it old and obsolete at that time. So certainly in our day, he said also that it was passing away. If it had begun passing away, if, if it began back then, by now, I think <laughs> I think it's um, relevancy or its applications. Uh, we, we got we got to we got to revisit that and see how it applies or how, what's the relevancy, if if if, if any. Right. Um. I would say it's already passed away. You know, something can be obsolete and still exist. I think that's what throws people off sometimes. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, it's still here. It's still, it, it, can, it can be here, but it's not our go-to. For instance, my children have no, um, no point of reference of a Walkman, a cassette tape, uh, of albums and things like that, because our go-to now, the new and better way is streaming, right? Now they could probably find, they could probably find a two way pager. They could probably find a beeper and I could probably get it activated. You know, they could probably find one of those Motorola flip phones, but that's not, you know, now we got the touch screen. You see what I'm saying? So something just because it exists doesn't mean it's still, um, applicable. You know, it may have been, um, surpassed by something that's higher and greater or replaced by something that's higher and greater. You, You follow what I'm saying? So, so with the temple, uh, being destroyed, as he said, along with watch this, all the paperwork in the temple being destroyed. Now, the paperwork was critical because it was used to certify and authenticate the Levitical priesthood. And that was important because the Levitical priesthood were the people that were responsible for doing facilitating the ceremonial washings, uh, for helping to receive the sacrifices and all the burnt offerings, all those different things. So if you don't have the paperwork, then you can't do it. And if you can't do it, I can't complete what has been demanded of me. And if the whole temple is destroyed and this was the place where we were required to do X, Y, Z, then that can't even be done. So people that are trying to uphold a quote unquote law, 
can't even do it. Don't let these people flex on you, fam. That whole era has been done away with so thoroughly that the people charged to facilitate it are in position. The paperwork can't be found and the building can't be found. And just biblically speaking, historically speaking, you know, if you want to go with how the text plays out, Jesus fulfilled the demands anyway. So I don't understand why these people are trying to hurt themselves to, to hold on to something that has been passing away. Now, look, I probably lost a whole bunch of listeners there and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help. Again, you got to go back to the opening part of this. I was trying to help. I'm trying to inspire hope by telling you we're not in the last day. That's, that's, that's really where I'm going with it. I'm trying to tell you we are not in the last day. Chill out. Chill out. Chill out, fam. If we're in the last days, y'all, run me that stimulus check. You don't need that. <laughs> run me that stimulus check, fam. You know what I'm saying? So, so you got to understand the temple was everything to a Jew, which is also why it says there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. If it's the central place, if my whole identity, my whole lifestyle is tethered to this building, you know, if it's the central, central, uh, location for everything, everything I do is in relationship to this temple and is destroyed. Yeah. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. There was people when, when the stock market crashed, there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. As disruptive as COVID-19 has been, there has been weeping and gnashing of teeth, gnashing of teeth because what we have tied our identities to the normal, the normalcy and the things that we have identified with has been so disrupted that, that people are distraught. Rightfully so. I'm not minimizing. I'm just trying to show you the parallel here. So there was weeping and gnashing of teeth, not because of, you know, what these fear mongers are saying. It's just like, yo, there's grief. Like these people were grown up from 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 children to adults. Like it was a part of their tradition. Like it was a um, you know, it was like some people it was like three and four generations passed down. This was their tradition. And now the temple that they used to visiting, that they used to doing all these uh, atonements for their sins and all these different things like it's it's gone. Yeah, fam, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. But that ain't for you. <laughs> that ain't saying that that's going to happen to you, like religiously speaking. You know what I'm saying? So so. They didn't have a legitimate priesthood to officiate. Um, they no longer had the temple to perform the ceremonies in. Uh, you know, the temple was everything to a Jew. It was where heaven met earth. So when we hear things like, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, fam, that ain't that ain't a threat for you to be concerned with. Heaven and earth. Heaven was the temp representative of the temple. Heaven represents is a reflection of God. Earth is a reflection of man. As the story goes, you know, God made man from the dust or the dirt of the earth. So man is earth. God is heaven. Where can the two come and meet? Well, heaven and earth meet in the temple. <laughs> and so now it's like this was their meeting place. This was everything. And it was gone away. It's done away. Yeah. Yeah. There's weeping and gnashing the teeth, fam. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so as dismal as this may sound, it's helpful to acknowledge that things out of necessity must crumble. Or they must correct so that the more beneficial iteration of it can emerge. So the old covenant has to pass away so that the new covenant can be ushered in. The old uh, Le Levitical priesthood must must be done away with so that you can have a royal priesthood. You know, sometimes the the types and shadow must be done away with so that you can have the thing that is of substance. Right. And um and, and, and so the stock market was due for correction. But what it did is it gave now uh, uh, new entry points 
for new investors. And watch this Robinhood and uh, and Stockpile and and all these other uh, brokerages have lowered or removed some of the barriers to entry. And now more people can get in and we can have a more robust economy if we play our cards right. Right. So we were due for a correction, even if it wasn't for COVID-19. But I don't want to go there. So some of our global deficiencies were were due for exposure. And COVID-19 just may have been the catalyst to push us into a new world. We have an opportunity. Now, how we how we handle this opportunity, we we have an opportunity to pivot from here into real greatness. You talk about making America great. There's an opportunity to pivot from here to look look at the issues square in the face and take them seriously and take some serious action, we could <laughs> make America great. I know that's been the mantra of this uh, current uh, administration uh, at the time of this writing, at the time of this publishing, but um, there's a real opportunity to make America great, to to improve upon America's uh, systems and institutions. If, if, if we would uh, hear that, you know? And so some things in simply because they have accomplished what they should have accomplished. Spring comes and ends because it is simply time for the next season to commence. You know, nothing's wrong with spring. It didn't end because it was bad. It was just, hey, that was its dispensation. That was the time that that, it, it has accomplished what it was meant to accomplish. And nothing is eternal. All right. So let me pivot from there where I'm talking about how uh, we're entering into a new era or a new age or you could say a new world, but not a new earth. Come on, y'all. Follow me. Not a new earth, but a new world, a new way of doing things. Right. Um, I, I think it's helpful to remember that we've never been here before. You know, we of course, we may not have been a stranger to hardship. All of us have had some challenges along the way, but we've never had been here at, at this location. Right. Like having these two things happen at once, like the, the, where we have this this situation where the medical world and the economic world collapse at the same damn time. And to this degree, this uh, drastically, you've never had this level of uncertainty, this far reaching and on this scale confront you, you know, not my generation. I mean, other generations have seen, you know, um, um, death tolls of, of certain numbers and they've seen their pandemics. But I'm talking about like at least to my generation, we haven't been here. And if you're like me, an A type personality and an Enneagram three personality type is all about productivity and accomplishments. You know, there can be this frustration that your sanctimonious routine has been interrupted and you're fighting like hell trying to regain the normal, the sense of normal that you lost. You know, I think a similar struggle occurs in those very uh, early stages when we enter into parenthood. You know, that child and their demands and the uh, level of attentiveness that that, you know, raising a child or caring for a child and protecting a life, a new life requires. It will change your whole world. And you got to you kind of you almost got to. To some degree, I'm not saying defeat here. What I'm don't hear what I'm not saying here. Hear what I am saying. I'm not saying you got to be you got to capitulate to it, but you got to flow with it. And what I really want you to hear is don't should yourself. Don't you know, you got to turn that monkey brain off that 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 other mind that is saying you should be doing this. You should be doing that. It's going to take a minute. A- ain't no should whole new rules. If it's a whole new world. You know, the other element that comes with the frustration and the nostalgia is the sense of failure resulting from unsuccessfully importing those norms of yesterday into today. That's a losing battle, fam. Don't do that to yourself. Give yourself some space. Give yourself some grace because you're going to need to give grace to the people that you're quarantined with. 
But you got to first give yourself some grace so that you have grace to give to other people, you know? So don't underestimate how defining this moment is. You know how defining 9-11 was to our, to our travel. Well, this has affected every single industry. I cannot think of one industry that has not been touched uh, by this. Parents are working remotely, which would be cool. Most parents welcome that. Man, I've been waiting to wait, work from home. However, you got your spouse there who you love, but man, you would love the opportunity to miss your spouse too. I mean, you seeing them in a sweats the whole time, you know, they, they probably ain't shaved for three, four, five <laughs> days, probably ain't shaved for the whole quarantine. They probably skipping days of shower, Lord. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and in their defense, they probably juggling, uh, you know, so they, it's not like they have extra time. I see these crazy memes. Like if you don't come out having gotten this degree, written this book, I'm like, who got extra time? Some people, some people trying to, you know, rub the nickels together. Some people, they have less time because they have the same work hours, same volume uh, expected of them. But now they have the added challenge of watching, supervising their kids, not just supervising their kids, but parenting and not just parenting, but teaching. Sure. The teachers are coming up with curriculum and things like that, but it's the, the parents that are facilitating the e-learning. And then you also got to manage the fact that Adults don't do well with change already. Children haven't had the experience yet, uh, are sufficient experience to become proficient in navigating change. So their whole um, modality of learning has gone from a classroom setting to now a virtual setting. And that's going to take some adjustment. You're going to have uh, the technical challenges. You're going to have their tantrums with that. I mean, and then you're going to have them eating all of the groceries. And then you're going to have where you can't get the groceries as on demand as you used to because certain things are out of stock or certain things are just being uh, rationed out or certain things uh, have limited. Uh, the store has limited hours and things like that. Uh, and then you really may not be eating all the comfort foods that you were used to eating because you're trying to be responsible and proactive because you're trying to build your immune system up. So when this thing runs again, you'd be in a better position. All these different things are playing. So I'm saying this is not your norm. You just got here. No, you don't know exactly what to do. No, you don't have a, uh, you, you may not have your stride just yet. Don't should yourself. I should be further along. I should be knocking this out. I should be. Don't let other people should you, especially these Facebook folks. Come on. They don't know your life. <laughs> so, so, so <laughs> I just don't want you to don't play yourself by underestimating what's going on right now. A lot of this feels like trying to change a, t a flat tire on the highway while also driving a car. So if this feels hard, it's not because you're incompetent. Nah, it's hard. <laughs> but who says we can't do the hard stuff? We will do this hard thing also, and we will come out on top. Give yourself the grace to get it together, though. Don't rush. Don't rush your process. You know what I'm saying? Be gracious with yourself and be gracious with your family. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, 
visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash talks. Remember, talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but when it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented, motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. You know, I kind of alluded to this in the last segment, but I, I want it, to, it, it's worth, it's worth really giving some more um, energy to, you know, uh, social media has afforded uh, me, us, the opportunity to forge, you know, some meaningful relationships. So social media can seem a little superficial, but even in that superficial space. I think you can make some solid connections. You can make some real money. You can do some things that are real purposeful, you know, so it ain't all bad. Right. Um, I say that to say it's not all bad, but in times of crisis, you know, it sure does have a way of amplifying the worst of humanity, humanity. Um, you know, I guess there's this, I don't know why it's this inexplainable, uh, propensity, uh, for us to, for humans to, 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 to race, to hypothesize about what's really going on. And I'm, when I say really going on, I'm using air quotes. Uh, they race to do that because they feel like they just have to explain away the circumstances. And I don't know if that's just our way of trying to get on top of it and get some sense of control. Like if I can explain it, I can control it. Or at least if I can understand it, I can be grounded. I mean, I guess that's what's going on. That's the dynamic that's that's working there or people will pontificate their wild imaginations and their conspiracy theories as a way to display how important and how in the know <laughs> uh, they are or how they want us to perceive them. But usually it just exacerbates the grieving process. You know, some of these wild conspiracy theories and look, you know, I don't dismiss every conspiracy theory. You know, I understand why people are not as trusting of certain institutions. I get it. We've been played. I get it. I, I, I do get that. But just sometimes you just got to have a seat and let things play out a little bit. Like you don't just have to be the first person. You, people are racing to be the first person to give a statement like they getting paid for it. Like, hold on, fam. You might have an idea, but just sit on that and just see for a minute. Like extraordinary statements should be accompanied by extraordinary evidence. If you're going to say something wild, at least be able to support that. Not because you, you know, your, your brother at the pen, your, your, your best friend at the Pentagon said, you know, everybody got that inbox. You know, I'm just saying, don't like, just chill out, just relax. You know, <laughs> um, you know, this is one meme I've seen circulating and I, and I kind of alluded to this earlier that if you don't come out of the quarantine with a new skill or a new business, et cetera, then you didn't like time. You like discipline. And in my mind, I'm like, if you don't get the fudge out of here, what? Like, if you don't get off your high horse, Get out of here, man. These people probably ain't ain't making no major moves that's posting stuff like that. 
Folks are acting like this is recreational downtime, like this was voluntary downtime. Nah, folks are adjusting. Psychologically, people are processing. Emotionally, people are drained. Economically, people are strategizing about how to pull it all together. Folks are not just having idle time. (laughs) You know, let me be the voice of reason to say, please, if you've seen that meme and it kind of rubs you the wrong way, please. I'm asking you, just come out of this alive first. You know, and that will be one hell of an accomplishment. Everything else is a bonus. I don't assume that this quarantine has left you with extra time. If anything, I presume it infringed upon your time and prohibited or restricted you from uh, accessing some of your creature comforts. And it's demanded that you improvise in many instances. So if you can acquire a new skill, cool. If you can launch a new business, salute. I commend you. Congratulations. But if you keep your sanity, and if you come out of this without losing your ish or or you lose your ish, but then you regain your composure and then uh, it becomes less frequent. You know um, how often you're losing your ish. Yo, I commend you for that, too. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we got to celebrate these victories. I, you know, I, I applaud you the same. <laughs> so don't feel the burden to just busy yourself if it ain't real, just because they said. Hey, you don't need that type of pressure in your life. But on the other hand, keep in mind that busying yourself may help take your mind off of all the things so that you can come back and face things with a fresh lens. So, you know, as I get ready to get out of here, when you hear the condemning thoughts telling you you should be, I challenge you to respond back. I'm talking about even if it's just your own thoughts. Whose should is that? Just just investigate when some when you hear the thought or you get the in, uh, the inkling or the um, the. The unction that you should be, you should be doing X, Y, Z. It may be legit. It may have merit, but just investigate it before you just feel defeated. Like, dang, I ain't doing, hold on. Who should? Is that a, is that a realistic goal for this time? You know what I'm saying? When you look at your productivity, your level of productivity may not feel the same, but take into account all the things that are going on. Just contextualize your productivity. That's all I'm saying. You know, um, you know, uh, th- this situation is challenging enough and and you owe it to yourself not to shit on yourself. So tomorrow we'll have enough challenges of its own for the police, for the sake of your sanity and the preservation of your relationships during this quarantine. You may need a tiny break from each other. Don't feel bad about that. I implore you just take it one day at a time. Yo, if, if you need a break and all these people in the house got your same last name and, you know, you 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 think about your legacy conscious man or woman. You know what I'm saying? And all that you do is first to benefit your your tribe first. You love them, right? With the, every fiber of your being. But that don't mean that you don't need a break from them every now and then. All right. So don't feel bad if it's like, yo, <laughs> I got to sleep in another room. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got I got to take a walk. I got to do something so I can see the space because we've been in the same house, you know, the same four walls. 24 seven and Lord, you know, I love y'all, but I need a break. That's okay. (laughs) So, and I also want to encourage you to try to make this as memorable as you can for those whom you are spending time with, uh, during this, this global affair, you know, it's my prayer that you come out of this with deeper connections, new and helpful routines and, 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 uh, routines that are unrushed. You know, um, if you still need time to mourn losses, take that time do so. Uh, because if you rush and pretend you only suppress it, which will result in a much bigger eruption down the road, uh, when you thought you just reached your new normal. So just take the time, 
Don't hurt yourself. Don't sabotage your future by how you are handling this present moment. You know, I want to leave you with this reminder. You have survived all of your worst days. Sometimes beauty can come out of ashes. Sometimes we have renewed gratitude for things that remain after the dust settles. Sometimes we pivot to a better normal as much as is possible. I hope this happens for all of us in one way or another. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch y'all next time for another dope episode. As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy. While you're here, just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. And hey, run me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five-star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.